I've been calling in to my life people who are consistent. So what's the first thing I had to do? I had to look at myself and see the places where I haven't been consistent. Mm. I had to really look hard at them and be like, oh, that's why I've been attracting these flaky folks. Ah, sheesh. And um, because wow. it's like, <laughs> yeah. That's and so, me. you know, I realized like I hadn't been consistent in, you know, my morning routines of like tasks that I actually need in order to function. back to ourselves to the witnessing self noticing the mind noticing the body its natural tendencies to breathe noticing our patterns of breathing Maybe bringing in some depth to our inhalations. Bringing some presence to the gap between the inhale before it becomes an exhale. Enjoying the fullness before releasing. And then the gap between the exhale and the inhale. Enjoying the emptiness. Just coming back to the self, to the body, to the mind, to the witnessing, to bring in some grounding to our moments, to the present moment, to the rest of our day. Setting the intention to come back to this witnessing self as often as possible throughout this conversation, throughout the rest of the day's hours, even into the night's hours, into the dream hours, back into the self that has no need for measuring time or experience. enough to just be is empty enough just to be and perceiving and witnessing the becoming Thanks for being here. We've had a lovely week together. We have. Finally getting a moment to have a in real life podcast together. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the last day. <laughs> On our last day. We made it. Yeah. 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 You 
gonna see what the oh you got the conversational cards i thought you're thinking of drawing they're like the quotes oracle I was kind of okay yeah. cool cool um, think about kicking off with some some card wisdom what do you think if the person you are talking to doesn't appear to be listening be patient it may simply be that he has a small piece of fluff in his ear. <laughs> it's from Winnie the Pooh. I say Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. That that, that immediately brings up some thoughts. <laughs> what do you think the fluff is? Analogy for. It could be a stray thought. Yeah. A distraction. So it's something I was thinking about. Um, A big theme for me has been listening, you know, feeling heard, also holding space to to hear others, to be, you know, just basically the both sides of listening. And um, I had noticed that I was attracting a lot of situations where I felt like I was a good listener in the connection, but other person wasn't listening you know or like they would get agitated or something as soon as I started talking and their eyes would dart and I just thought it was interesting that the theme kept recurring <laughs> um just in your life in general mm-hmm. for like the last little bit yeah it was actually um connected to Leo's so oh, I noticed yeah. this was like particularly happening in connections with Leos where there was some kind of disconnect um, where I just felt like I wasn't heard in those connections. <clears throat> and um, so it's just, it's been on my mind a lot and I set an, an intention to explore it a bit more deeply. But um, it started off with a connection where I just was like, you know, kind of ready to walk away because I felt like, like this isn't very balanced. Yeah, but enough. I ended up talking to my dad, and he encouraged me to kind of stick with the connection and gave me a perspective that you know just hadn't seen or considered, and that sometimes people really just have a lot to get off their chest, and um. So, you know, I hung in there a little longer to see where it would take me and um, ended up connecting more deeply with this person. It's like, I feel, I still feel like they talk more than me, but um, we ended up hanging out and I realized that um, I felt like I was getting benefit from being in their aura. Um it just it felt healing and i started to feel heard even though i wasn't talking that much so realizing you know there's some energetic stuff going on but also um this person started listening better after i listened to the bulk of <laughs> you know everything they had to say mm-hmm. and that was kind of what my dad was encouraging me it was like well maybe it's just a lot of stuff is backed up you know <laughs> yeah and um so I'm glad I didn't just kind of like walk away from that connection because it's starting to bear fruit in a way. What do you mean by being in their aura? Why did you choose that way of phrasing it? You mean like 
literally just being in their presence or like something yeah, about their literal energy I body. I felt almost like energized in a way being around them. Um, and most of this connection had just been like over the phone. So um, I, I realized the dynamic started to change in person. Yeah. But you know, it's like I try not to look at connections as transactional and stuff. But I mean, there's transaction to connections, but um, I just realized like I started I had started feeling depleted. I was like, I should probably remove myself from this situation. Yeah, yeah it's like transactional. I mean, there's a way of putting it. It kind of has a cold capitalist feel to it, but um, you know, I mean, it's really just like, how do we feel? You know, from interacting with certain people and to what degree, you know, it's like, that's the other things, you know, like being intentional, being conscious about like, what, what are you creating with a person? Like you're creating a project, a song, a building, a structure, like, you know, what is the project? What is, you know, building connection is always kind of the foundation but like that's so ambiguous it's like but but specifically what are we building (laughs) you know what are we creating like what kind of moments are we creating Mm -hmm. uh what kind of support are we creating you know and like that's where you find out people's capacity you know Mm because some people don't want to think that deeply about every moment in every connection neither do i it's not like yeah. i'm like calculating every friendship it's like oh this is the person that i do this with but i mean you know that just kind of organically happens that's the chemistry of it you know right. like you have certain chemistry with certain people to do different things you know yeah. so finding that out and like you know it's just dependent on the day like we were talking with my parents earlier today about like introversion extroversion i was saying like it's just on a given day. Like sometimes I get energized by socializing. Sometimes I, it's a balance thing at that point. If I right. only am trying to energize <laughs> myself by socializing, that's not my pattern. Like I need both yeah. in a given moment, you know? So similar to dynamics between two people, you know, it's like we're all, we're, we have our own sine waves, you know, yeah. uh, much more complex than sine waves, but we have our own <laughs> vibes uh, it's like they're gonna like have constructive and de- uh, destructive yeah. interference <laughs> based on like where we're at in our pattern, you know. So being able to like drive with that and um, yeah, just I think it's really just about holding space for our, our own truth, you know, like it being honest in the moment when that's coming up. Like what it, what are we actually feeling? What's what's the impetus to to act or to not, mm-hmm. you know, where's that coming from? Or not even where's it coming from, it's coming from yourself, it's just like whether or not we're going to trust it. Right. Yeah. I, I found myself checking in a lot more about how I feel, like, in the moment when I'm talking to somebody. And I think in the past there used to be a lot of anxiety that distracted me from checking in with myself. And it's like I'm asking myself in connections, it's like, does this fulfill, does this feel fulfilling? If so, Why? If not, why? <laughs> you know, just asking myself more questions. Yeah. The other side of that is that it's not always going to feel f- 
fulfilling. You know, like there's part of connections that are work. Like there's the friction of like smoothing out our tensions that we have with people, like triggers and working through that. Surrounding ourselves with people that we trust to do that work with. Right. You know, (laughs) that's kind of the key. And I think that whether it's fulfilling isn't the only question. It's also like you said, like, what's the intention behind it? Yeah. Um, not necessarily just is it fulfilling me, but is it fulfilling a purpose? Yeah. <laughs> is it is is it worth the dissonance when the dissonance right. occurs? Because yeah. it's going to, you know. And it's like asking yourself, what capacity do you have for dissonance? <laughs> yeah. So true. What's your capacity for dissonance? <laughs> like even musically, like do you do you find yourself like putting up with musical dissonance? Are you talking about, like, tritones and stuff? And stuff, yeah. <laughs> I love tritones. <laughs> um, there's this lady who does, um, maybe you've heard of her, Ixie. Uh, she does YouTube videos where she's breaking down Nine Inch Nails songs. Oh, okay. Mostly other stuff, too, but, like, dedicated to Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor's pieces. Mm-hmm. And, um... And she calls it the the Trentone. Because <laughs> he uses it, it so much in so many ways in his music. And um and I've always felt like particularly resonant with the soundscapes that Trent Reznor makes and works on. Yeah. So I think I have a good musical, a great musical capacity for distance. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um but yeah, back to connections. And though. how does that tra- translate to connections? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something I'm still kind of exploring. So I've just really kind of gotten, I know we talked about it a bit, to a place in my life where I'm being more intentional about increasing my passi- ca- capacity to mm-hmm. connect with people, which means I've really been stepping out of my comfort zone and what I thought was possible for myself and making and sustaining connections and also like re kindling connections. So yes, this it's that question has been bouncing around in my head. Not really sure I have an answer yet, but um in conc- in increasing while c- increasing my capacity for um connection I'm also increasing my capacity for dissonance. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's as long as it's pur- purposeful yeah. dissonance. Yeah, like almost necessarily. So. Cuz I've also had to learn my boundaries with like True. when to remove myself. True. I don't know. It just gave me an image of like perhaps like part of the reason that we may like distance ourselves from people or certain connections is when that dissonance comes up and then it's like the avoidant tendency to just yeah. like run away and just like okay this is you know kind of like that whole like i feel like it was just like a internet like fad movement of like the the like pseudo empowerment sort of movement of like cut out toxic people in your life yeah like, cut oh out all gosh. toxic people in your life exactly it's like well maybe like there's toxicity in you that is like perceiving first, what's the distance as what's attracting toxic. it's like it's always yeah. gonna be something within you um depending on it could play out in different ways but like there's always a part of us that's attracting yeah um similar energy <laughs> yeah. yeah so 
Um, one thing I wanted to mention, remember for me attracting someone and you. But um, also it's like I have a family member who um, we've always had a lot of, at least from my perception, a lot of dissonance in the way that we communicate and the things we communicate about. And um, I recently did a, an astrology session. It's so much more than astrology, the way she works it. But um, this friend gave me, gifted me a set of sessions in which we really went into depth about, like, why have I been having such a hard time with this person? Mm. And, like, why does it feel like we're always butting heads? And it's like, it's somebody that I really do want to connect with, but also have been avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and through working with her, she's really guided me on, and I hadn't put it in these terms before, but she really has been guiding me on how to be okay with things not going exactly how I thought they should go. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was so in that space of wanting that to happen until she, you know, kind of took me aside and she was like, Hey, you know, people are people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah so how do you feel like you go about coming to a space of um how do i want to put it like just like processing orientating yourself enough into like a dissonant interaction or some you know like a triggering pattern with a person Mm -hmm. or whatever it is like how do you feel like you can orient yourself in that in that way in a productive like compassionate way that moves the energy forward um that question what i've been doing it does it's a good question too and what i've been doing to help with this is to for me the first thing i have to do is just sit with the discomfort yeah Because I would spend so much time in the past running from that and trying not to acknowledge it and explaining it away and trying to convince myself that I shouldn't be feeling that way and guilting myself for it. Yeah. Like, the first step for me is just saying, like, holy crap, this is uncomfortable. This hurts. This is scary. Where do I feel it in my body? You know, do I need to have a crying session? (laughs) Like, do I need to let it out somehow? Mm -hmm. Um, And just not judging those feelings that are coming up even if like my logical mind thinks I shouldn't be bothered by that and I think um yeah just really tapping into being honest with how I'm feeling how that situation or person or whatever made me feel do you feel like that always requires like time and space away from the moment of conflict or do you feel like good question (laughs) i mean i Um, I think there are skills to be able to do it in the moment but i find that the more i'm doing it outside of the moment the easier it's becoming for me to do it in the moment so it's like training yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) for because you know in the moment stuff used to really scare me like dealing with anything in the moment during a social interaction because it's like i would just freeze most of the time or just shut down in order to function yeah and um now that i've been moving out of that space interestingly i find i have more capacity (laughs) to connect so yeah 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 once that fight flight or freeze comes online like it's like are any of those healthy like yeah it's like i would shut down and couldn't even think straight (laughs) yeah or the fight like i feel like that is the most like 
head on, you know, confronting the conflict, but maybe like redefining or like having a different, you know, take on what the fight is. Like Mm -hmm. not literally fighting the two egos, like, but like if you can fight the dissonance in a sentence, you know, like, Hey, let's like cut through this. Like that's kind of my, not always with certain people. I feel like with people that I'm closer with, I, you know, like in like romantic partnerships, mostly, Mm -hmm. I have more of a tendency of like, let's just like slice this in half right now. If there's a conflict, like I don't, I guess it's a certain impatience, but it's also like, I don't want to prolong the bad vibes. Like, yeah. you know, of course it's on a case by case basis. If you need that time to really process your thoughts and feelings on a situation, you know, but yeah. Cause like, there's not always that time. <laughs> there's not always that time. And, and yeah. And it doesn't always require that. Like, but yeah, again, just being honest, checking in with yourself as far as what's actually needed. But yeah, to take the space. But that's the other thing is just the self accountability and having the discipline, the devotion to growth. To like, once you have that space, like, are you are we actually processing right. our feelings? Are right. we actually putting in the effort, the attention, the presence, you know, to attend to? the backlog of feelings that we've, you know, accumulated throughout our moments, you know. What do you feel like your capacity for dissonance is? It depends on kind of what we were talking about, like how deeply I've created an intentionality with a certain person, you know, like like when you're in a committed romantic relationship, there's like, a level of like we're committed to like trying to work things out together Mm -hmm. right but friendships just don't often have that level of like spoken commitment you know what i mean yeah so it's like there's more of a tendency to just like like fair weather friend sort of vibe like i don't you know the vibes are good we're chilling but as soon as they get off like it's like Which is the tendency. I think that's the default programming. Yeah. But, like, I'm thankful that I do have friends like you and Lucas and, like, you know, a good handful of people in my life that, like, are much more intentional about, like, hey, you know, you said that thing or whatever. Like, I didn't love that. You know, like, just work it out. Like, just, like, yeah. in a way that's not, like, attacking, you know. Right. Like, Lucas is a really good example of that, you know, like. I can't think of a specific example, but you know what I mean? Like just he's, he practices that and that's, that's been really influential. I really influential admire that yeah, in people. And I think that's something that so like until fairly recently in my life, I did not have that skill set. Well, um, there's just so few role models for it. Exactly. Yeah. Because like something I noticed and it's like, you know, just a disclaimer, <laughs> like I totally love my parents and appreciate, you know, all the things and stuff. But of course. like any other human, it's like they did a lot of things that weren't healthy. And um and one of the the things that I've been kind of aware of its effect on me, um, you know, not in a blameful way or anything, but just acknowledging that it's part of my upbringing is that whenever there was conflict between them, I never saw them work it out. Like I never saw them um like talk it out I didn't I never saw any kind of like format for 
um, you know, just whatever conversations that would be. So <laughs> apparently they happen behind closed doors. I don't know. But it just kind of left me without that, you know, those tools. Like I didn't really know how to approach somebody if they were making me uncomfortable or if I didn't like something they did or if I thought they treated someone wrong. It's like I didn't know how to say that to somebody. <laughs> um, That's huge. Yeah. And it's like it's literally just a basic level of holding someone accountable for how they're affecting you or the environment. And I think that's something to be important to be able to communicate about that. And it's like, while it wasn't necessarily my parents' responsibility to teach me that, it's like I just didn't, you know, I didn't learn it anywhere for a long time. Yeah, it kind of is at the same point. Like, of course, we can only teach what we've been taught. (laughs) You know what I mean? I guess I just meant that more so in like... Um, I feel like a lot is put on parents in this society because we're so individualized, like as people, but also as families. And there's not as much of the community vibe when it comes to raising, to raising kids. So it's like a whole lot of things fall on, you know, just one set of parents. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous and overwhelming. Like, (laughs) no, I mean, we've had this conversation between the two of us that, yeah, we definitely are on the same page as far as that. And like you said, it's not in a blame sense, but at the same point, like on a, on a level, like it is not even just as parents, the responsibility and responsibility is a weird word. You know, I just think about it. It's like the ability to respond. So I guess they literally don't have the ability to respond in that way. If they haven't had that like example set in their life, you know what I mean? But I guess my thought train right now is like, I'll put it this way, like, when you're a kid and you hear your parents literally, like, fighting, having a conflict, and voices get raised, or or not, but there's clearly a conflict, mm-hmm. like, that be, it's your problem now, too, if yeah. you bear witness to it, you right. know, if you're a bystander to that. So it's like, even if they go into privacy and resolve it, maybe even, like, beautifully, but you didn't witness that as a child, yeah. it's like, it's it like... is almost their responsibility to, like, bring that to, hey, like, yeah. I know you are alive and present and heard us fighting. Like, I want you to know, like, this is how we worked it out. Like, just to set that example, like, God, kids would, like, (laughs) you know, obviously, like, to, you know, to their degree of understanding. Like, even though it happened, it wasn't technically brushed under the carpet. Like, it was dealt with. It just, it wasn't out in the open. It was a secret. Yeah, yeah. And so much of, like, the juice of the human experience is, like, kept to taboo it's like so much of it is kept in the closet (laughs) or just in the privacy you know Mm -hmm. of one's own room you know like you do all your grieving you do all your whatever you know like Mm -hmm. we were talking about that today with our parents like just um certain things not being talked about or kept secret yeah right Yeah, yeah yeah i've always kind of felt like um and i guess i've more so articulated as I got older, but I'm, I just, I love when people are like straight authentic and just put it all out there. And part of it for me is because, um, like, I just don't understand a lot of social things. Like I wasn't around a whole lot of people, especially my age group while I was growing up, I was really kind of secluded, hermit, isolated. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's just like a lot of the stuff people do, I don't, like, I don't get it. <laughs> and 
And I like when things are explained or like talked out and you see the process of it and not just the end result. Um, Cause like so many human things are mysterious to me <laughs> when it comes to um, connection. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see on that. Yeah, it's weird out here. <laughs> it's kind of fun though <laughs> it is fun when you reach the acceptance part of the grief of being alive yeah the grief of existence but it's like we all get a puzzle piece and we have to figure um, out like oh okay you have part of it well let me see what i can contribute and that's our responsibility like we have the ability to respond to our context our circumstance our environment our communities we have the ability to like share that and like be honest about that it's our responsibility to like share our stories and you know like be active participants in what's happening here i just think that so much of the programming is to like just survive like just stay comfortable enough like just make it through the day like yeah. you know and it's like there's just not enough or there is i mean a lot of you know it's shifting like the shift yeah. is like reprioritizing like how are we actually feeling? How are we actually doing? What are we actually creating? Yeah. Not just as individuals, like as a species. What are we creating on this planet? Like, we should talk about that. <laughs> like, that would be helpful. Be I wise. really like something you said in there, though. Like, I think you said it's our responsibility to share our stories. Like, that really hit me <laughs> hearing that just now. Because, um... You know, it's like the conflict that happens behind closed doors. It's like, even if you do do that in private like come tell somebody about it mm. and um yeah it's just really strange how many things are hidden but they don't have to be it's like we could um find ways to share our experiences um i'm my thoughts yeah. not really developed on that but it just really hit me when you said that like that felt so important <laughs> it's part of the artistic expression you know like podcasting is just a funny little modern art form like you know it's not serious like this is, we're just painting with words like yeah. i'm not gonna like Clabbing. be held to something i said yesterday like whether i recorded it or not <laughs> like we're just trying to communicate with words and like that's a whole nother discussion as to how effective that really is you know um music you know like storytelling poetry like you name it even, even like culinary arts like you're telling the story of your culture and like you know what i mean like it's all storytelling but then like literally just like 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 we we're talking about like just talking with our parents like what's your story like where where do we come from like <laughs> i don't want to be left like with a question mark yeah and it helps us move forward as a species because we're mm -hmm. not always like repeating the same lessons because we can yeah. pass them down <laughs> Being an active participant in evolution. <laughs> right. In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to, like, I guess we're circling around, like, talking to our parents about, like, difficult things to talk about. Like, it's, you know, it's not easy. It's just, like, like what's the format? You know, like, mm -hmm. hey, like, add, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> a random, like, get together. Hey, like, what? what's your biggest trauma? <laughs> <laughs> How did you deal with like, it? Like, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. 
It's it's always hard to ask people to be vulnerable, but I find it right. specifically really difficult to ask my parents to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or my family in general. Yeah. yeah. Friends, that's like, I mean, my close friends, that's kind of just what we do. Like, yeah. <laughs> not all the time, but you know what I mean? Like, it's much right. more comfortable because I feel like we find a solace. Like, we find like that because it's taboo in the family unit a lot of times to talk about your feelings and to get vulnerable and stuff like yeah obviously i'm speaking generally and i'm not trying and to i think but. part of that too is because it maybe people feel like so much is at stake because it's like these are the people that are always supposed to have your back so there's kind of the trauma the feared trauma of you know saying the wrong thing and then like being outcast from the family or something and i wonder if that's part of what's kind of in that holding back yeah like afraid yeah. to topple the house of cards <laughs> yeah that's kind of what i was thinking yeah yeah right and just like the the facade that like everything's okay and that we got everything like yeah. cool and like yeah it's wild um and just grief in general like i've been thinking a lot about like the process of grief like the five stages and stuff and uh like I was having a conversation with Kara the other week that was sort of difficult and was sort of, you know, I had some private space after the conversation. I was just like, I feel like I went on this mental trip of within a half hour, like going through all of the stages of grief, like just in one sitting. And it was just like at first it was like, you know, or maybe I started in the denial. And then it was like there was a bargaining like moment of me, like my mind just kind of trying to, catch you know this like yeah. grasping at something i was like no that's clearly not you know and then like what are they so it's denial bargaining i don't remember but i um, love them at one point denial bargaining anger and then i definitely had some of that and then i was just like okay that burnt out and then depression and then i just like i was probably in that and like 20 of the 30 minutes it was just this like microcosm of I feel like my pattern of grief, yeah. and then I realized how easy it is for me to like stay stuck in that, yeah. And how like the lines are blurred between depression and acceptance sometimes for me. Wow. I was talking to Kara about that afterwards, and she was like, "Yeah, it's like you know, acceptance and giving up can look." similar but they sure feel different and like the acceptance really is like the release like the acceptance is emotional it's a visceral process whereas like the depression is like the resistance to that final stage it's the oh, not wow. wanting to yeah. let it go because yeah. then you have to feel it <laughs> feelings hard we tell ourselves, but it's actually not that hard. <laughs> it's hard to be seen feeling for me. Right, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I just, I think it's important to, of course, and I think we do this naturally, is to consider who um, we are around when we're, reaching that level of vulnerability because sometimes it's more right. constructive to do it alone than with certain people. <laughs> yeah. But also realizing that like it is a process that needs to happen in community part of the time in connection. I mean, 
community connection. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we aren't meant to handle everything by ourselves. And it can be hard to forget or to remember that sometimes. And Especially the programming, you know, just mm-hmm. the individualist, capitalist programming. Yeah. And I think it's so important to remind ourselves and to remind our loved ones that we're not alone and they're not alone. Um, and keep reminding folks that, like, you know, you're not a burden. <laughs> and I, I like to tell people, even if I can't be there for them in that moment, I like to remind them that they're not a burden. You know, it's just like my capacity is different at different times. And that doesn't mean, you know, if I can't, that doesn't mean I'm mad at them or, or don't like them or whatever. Because, <laughs> you know, people get really sensitive yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at, at those times especially. So, like, I like right, to yeah. just over communicate reiterate (laughs) um because people need to be reminded because a lot of times you know we have that voice in our head telling us that things are worse than they are Mm -hmm. that's true too just like the yeah i mean just the resistance to feeling your feelings like that's that's one of those voices telling us that things are worse than they are it's like yeah dude, sadness isn't death, like... Yeah, and it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, too, like, you know, as I've aged and matured, like, the line between, like, joy and sorrow, or more so what I'm speaking to is, like, sorrow and joy, because it starts as, like, sorrow. And then, for me, it's, like, really pretty easy for that to like turn into joy like Mm -hmm. the the difference between like sobbing and laughing is like it's a pretty similar like physical process you know reminds me of khalil gibran and the prophet when he's talking about i think he said i mean i can't quote it exactly but it's something like uh the things that brought our us joy it's the absence of those that bring us grief or something like that it's like the opposites that flow into each other. Yeah, like we were talking about at the coffee shops, like, you know, the yin-yang, like, mm-hmm. they are each other. Yeah. And we get so tripped up and talking about one or the other. It's like, don't <laughs> forget, like, each has the other <laughs> in it. Like, they are one. I literally like to step back sometimes, even if I'm in what feels like the worst of situations in that moment. I like to step back and say, hey, I'm experiencing life. This is dope. <laughs> like, I feel Oof. really shitty right now, but this is a life experience, and this is what I came here to get, and I'm doing it, so I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just, like, little moments like that, I can cheer myself up. <laughs> and not even necessarily cheer myself up, but be even more present um, and in a state of non-resistance. Hmm. Non-resistance. That's part of the programming, right? It's like this idea that, like, if you can resist, that's strength. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, it is to a degree, but strength for what? To what end? Yeah, it's like the strength of being able to... Stubbornly hold back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like being able to hold your bladder when you have to pee yeah, or something. Nah, I it's got like, this. do you really need to do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is that something to be celebrated? <laughs> like, what do you? What are we serving? There, you know. Like, if there's a toilet there, then use it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're serving the, uh, you know, not peeing on the public transit. <laughs> that, okay. All right. That, that was Can a good use. That? that was a good use of your strength. <laughs> Respect. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. We never get rid of an enemy by meeting hate with hate. Mm. We get rid of an enemy by getting rid of enmity. By its very nature, hate destroys and tears down. By its very nature, love creates and builds up. Martin Luther King Jr. What's enmity? <laughs> <laughs> Can't check on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Learning um, new words. That kind of reminds me of how I was telling you that person I got upset at yesterday. <laughs> After um, making a kind request. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, it was a situation where I could have gotten really mean at someone that was rude to me. And... um could have let my brain go on a whole scape of like inner revenge. <laughs> yeah. And um and I realized it was like I just took a moment cuz it it was something that bothered me and I sat with the feeling first. I was like, "Wow, that hurt. Like this person was being really rude to yeah. me." <clears throat> and um and so I felt that and then I was less inclined to be angry cuz I was like, "Well, Jeez, like if they were treating me that way, imagine how they probably treat themselves and the people in their lives. And then I started feeling some compassion for this person. And um and then I said kind of a little prayer because it's like, you know, then some anger came back up again. It's like, who are they to do this or that? Like, don't they know who I am? No, obviously not. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this person. <laughs> but um it's funny all the little dialogues the brain can go into. But yeah, I just started um kind of praying, speaking the intention that my heart just be filled with love for the situation because um there's nothing I can add to it by being angry and feel daydreaming about revenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like that's something I used to do a lot in the past without really challenging myself yeah. on that process or being aware of it. And um nah. well, it's an attempt, you know? It's yeah. like the ego attempt to even if by just thinking about it too like I mean that's what like real anger is all about is like justice, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. you're trying to like defend yourself, trying to like, you know, right yeah. the situation. Just in a super misguided way. Right. And it's like once I sat with the feeling of it, of like feeling hurt and offended or whatever, like, then I realized, like, well, this didn't really hurt me. I'll never see this person again. Like, I'm not in danger. (laughs) Yeah. And I think just acknowledging that helps. That's like, and then I asked myself, was there anything I can do in the situation? Yes or no. Is it worth doing? Yes or no. Like, Mm -hmm. is it going to make the world a better place? Probably not. I'll just pray for him and move on. <laughs> you know. So it's yeah. just like I was kind of observing this whole process going on within me. I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot. You know, if you can hold that curiosity, you know, like I feel like I've reflected that to you. That that's something that you have reminded me of like years and years ago. Just like you know, any you know, toxic situation we're in, like with between me and me, between me and someone else, like just getting curious. 
Mm-hmm. It's such a key <laughs> for moving through it, moving the yeah. energy. Like I said that. <laughs> That's what you said the last time I reminded you that. It might have been on the last podcast we did. <laughs> Dang. I don't know. It could have been, though. That's funny. <laughs> you definitely had that same reaction. <laughs> yeah, you said that. Yep. <laughs> and it stuck with me because it's super wise. Like, curiosity. And you were even saying something to that effect the other day in the car. You were saying, like... You know, if, if you don't lose any one thing throughout your life, like... Oh, yeah. My, like, childlike wonder mm-hmm. and curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's super potent. And as a bridge to compassion. Mm-hmm. Self-compassion or outer self-compassion. Right. You know? there. I definitely found I had to work to be compassionate with myself and that's when i started feeling like genuinely compassionate towards others i mean for me i'll be honest like i feel like i've reached you know really deep meditative and or psychedelic moments of like deep spiritual compassion for you know the self including all sentient beings and stuff like that you know So even though, like, in the, uh, you know, in the zoomed-in frames of, like, a conflict, I may forget that momentarily and, like, have a victim story with a person or, you know, whatever, some feeling wronged and stuff. Mm. But, like, as soon as I take a breath, I'm like, yeah, like, (laughs) I have compassion for them. That doesn't mean I want to spend time with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say, though, is I find that it's easier for me to have compassion for other people sometimes than for myself. Mm. Like, of course, I include myself in that, you know, spiritual, Mm -hmm. like, high vision compassion. Obviously, that's part of my ego is a part of the self. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in my ego, not in the meditative moment necessarily, like, my thoughts are more so programmed to not be super compassionate towards myself right you know yeah and you know in some ways it is in some ways it isn't like there's healthy or there's unhealthy uh layers of compassion like if i'm being too easy on myself type of stuff you know what i mean like i get a lot of uh feedback from close friends that that i'm like too hard on myself and stuff and i, I always I've, resist that i think i've also given you You've definitely some that. Yeah. feedback almost everyone that's been like yeah that i've had more and than a few it's pretty understandable though because it's like that's the first line of defense we have against whatever our problems are is just you know putting, that i did something wrong type of thing yeah. yeah and and i guess something i've learned and i think i tried to communicate it with you at one point but i didn't feel like i could really articulate it or maybe just you know we weren't connecting on it um I think one of my biggest like challenges in this lifetime has been how much I wronged myself for the things that I was doing while at the same time not knowing how to not do them. So like <laughs> I didn't have a choice and I thought I had a choice and I was wronging myself for not making the choice that I didn't have. <laughs> so it was like and um yeah. and um Yeah, it's just, I noticed, like, I will say things did get a little bit worse for a while, but, like, 
the arc of things has gotten better for me since I stopped wronging myself for every little thing. Like, I just hold myself to just such this high expectation and responsibility for shit that I didn't even know how to do. <laughs> like That's where the forgiveness comes in slash mm-hmm. compassion. But like high expectations, I think is the word you just, the phrase you just used. Like mm. that's my resistance when people say that to me. Like I've never like it's never felt comforting when people say that to me. Like it mm-hmm. feels like well, you're just giving me more shit to like beat myself up for. Like now I can add that to my list. <laughs> like being hard on myself. I'm also too hard on myself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like it's I don't really fully believe it. I understand why people mm-hmm. when I was saying like close friends, it's almost like it's like before you like really, really know me, that's like a layer of it. It's like a slightly <laughs> outer inner circle. <laughs> like when people are getting to know me they're like you're hard on yourself and then we have this conversation and then they get it and whatever (laughs) but yeah what i say is just like i i'm acknowledging my potential and that i'm not necessarily meeting it yeah you know and to your point like at the same important process yes, yes but also to your point like and the thing is, I don't lack this awareness. I know that mm-hmm. I'm doing the best that I can in every moment. So in some sense, I am mm-hmm. enacting my potential. But also, I know that I could be doing more. Like, I know that I could be more truthful more truthful with myself, more yeah. honest with myself and others. Like, mm-hmm. I know I could be embodying health and love and compassion and all those things yeah. for self, you know, and in deeper ways, just more in impactful, effective ways. And I guess I just kind of switched the attention to, like, what am I missing? Because I realized a lot of the times where I was feeling pressure, putting pressure on myself, and, like, I knew, you know, recognizing my potentials, like, I know I can do better. Um, I started reorienting myself to ask um, questions, more questions, be more curious, about like okay why am I not at this level that I know I can be at like so the way I took it I guess my personal philosophy has been okay I'm missing something and just start asking myself what do I need I guess just instead of there being so much of a focus on why am I like what what am I not doing or why am I not doing this to shift it more to like okay it's something that I don't have yet it's a skill or a motivation that I don't yet possess mm-hmm. um and, and i almost just, sounds like i found that really helpful <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah that is really helpful it's again that curiosity key for moving things forward um it almost sounds counterintuitive <laughs> or, or counter um in the sense that i was going to say that's abundance like mm-hmm. in contrast to like the scarcity mindset of it just being like i'm not meeting my potential like i'm doing something wrong it's like the abundance of like, I can find what I'm missing yeah. if I ask, if I right. identify what it is. Right, you know, we have, what, to what support, you have to recognize first it. that yeah. something's not there. To accept know. that, not be in denial of that, and um, <clears throat> yeah, what what support is missing? What prereq? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so in that sense, like, and to like, uh, be clear on the last thing that I was saying that you know. I said I resist when people tell me that I'm too hard on myself. Like, I also realize that that's a level of that is defensiveness. Yeah. And, like, it's both yeah. true and untrue. And also has made me realize that in certain ways, like, 
I'm too hard on myself in certain ways and I'm too easy on myself in certain ways. Like I was right. saying, sometimes that compassion like turns into, um, I don't know, like laziness for lack of a better term, you know? It's like if I know everything's perfect already, like I don't feel an impetus, like a fire under my ass to like make things better. But that's the thing. It's like if you so um I like to kind of approach it as, as like if I had everything that I need, I would be everything that I could possibly be. But sometimes the thing you're missing is just a motivation, like a certain motivation. And it's like, that's not something we can just skip over. We can't just say, I'm going to be motivated. Like we have to actually understand ourselves enough to acquire a motivation for a particular thing and that's something that i've really had to work with because motivation works differently for me than most people (laughs) i'm so glad you brought this up because i wanted to ask you that like i've thought a lot about like what motivates me like how do you answer that question oh like off the top of my head it's just so many different strands to that (laughs) um one of the things is this kind of in line with what we're talking about one of the things that motivates me is feeling at peace with myself and i realized over the last couple years i gave myself so little peace because i was so stressed and worried and and mad at myself (laughs) for not being where i thought i should be that um i never really had the space to just be (laughs) so like basically starting from from a place of like abundance acceptance like yeah self-forgiveness compassion all that stuff um which really looked crunchy sometimes because it looked like a few periods of me not doing anything (laughs) so much to the dismay of like family members and you know people who are concerned about you from the perspective of capitalism not doing anything exactly exactly but also i realized that if i hadn't you know taken like i think i did nothing for almost a year (laughs) and if i hadn't if i hadn't done that i wouldn't you know have things going for myself now <laughs> well that's what i was saying to you in the car you were saying that you were talking to some people whatever about how like you've done more in the last uh-huh. month uh-huh. than the last year in the last couple years <laughs> january 2020 I, I wasn't gonna throw you under on that yeah i'll throw but, myself yeah. under that one <laughs> but, and i was but, saying you know that you have been doing stuff you may not yeah. have been doing tangible but like healing and like and the self-reflection it's is so important to have too. people to witness that yeah. you know yeah. to offer me perspective on that because it, i was just i was gonna say that you and a couple other people reminded me along the way it's like selena you've been working on so much stuff like on healing so many things i really got through some deep rooted crap over the last couple years that i had no idea was holding me so far back And, um, you know, I've been blessed to have the space and the time and the courage (laughs) to, um, to do that. Yeah, to move through that. That's huge. And I see that in you. And I I just want to, like, praise you and, like, say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like. You know, even just the time that I've been spending with you here, the, um, the level of social interacting I've been doing with you and your friends, like. I could not have done that a few months ago. Oh, a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just comparing it to the last time you were in town. I just recently set the intention to start really connecting with people on a deeper level, yeah. on a 
increasing my capacity and it's almost like as soon as i set the intention Universe of course like all right here's your yeah opportunities. here you go here you go and i was really i was really stressed out because i don't know if i'm i think i said to you it was like january this this month has also been like a very intense month like it's it's been very busy and i've really had to increase my capacity <laughs> to do all the stuff that i've been asking for you know and then of course um as i set that intention i've had people coming into my life helping me with things like um i've had somebody getting on me recently about working out and it's just like something that wasn't really on my radar <laughs> So that but, could be a motivation. But, like, literally somebody I barely even know who kept mu- nudging me to work out. Yeah. And um, and not just nudging me, but also, like, giving me information about, hey, you know, um, doing, a, what do you call it, leg day actually increases and boosts this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I didn't know the science of it. And now that I, you know, now that I'm more aware of that, mm-hmm. you know, the universe has brought me that information. Yeah. It's more, I'm more motivated that's what I was gonna to say. do it yeah that, that <laughs> informs the motivation if you have mm-hmm. more knowledge about a subject or why exactly. something the why mm-hmm. right informing the why and how to do it optim- optimally yeah. so it's like all these little bits and pieces of things make a huge difference yeah. in same motivation i love how that kind of came back around definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's by the grace <laughs> yeah yeah i love that um it's just funny how when you set that intention, like not only does the universe like show you those opportunities, but also like your cast, your team finds their way to you, you know, yeah. like your support system comes out of the woodwork because like, why would it have come earlier if you weren't on that quest? You know what I mean? <laughs> and that, that team shifts if it does, which right. it probably will. You know what I mean? Like. But And also part of it has been, like, part of my intention wasn't just me telling the universe, like, hey, I want this and that. It was also like, okay, if you do this, I'll do that. <laughs> Let's work together. It's a collaboration. It's a relationship. Sometimes people forget. Because um, an example I want to give is that I've been calling in to my life people who are consistent so what's the first thing I had to do? I had to look at myself and see the places where I haven't been consistent. Mm. I had to really look hard at them and be like, oh, that's why I've been attracting these flaky folks. Ah, sheesh. And um, because wow. it's like, yeah. <laughs> that's and so, me. you know, I realized like I hadn't been consistent in, you know, my morning routines of like tasks that I actually need in order to function um things that i need to do every day in order to be you know to feel good and um and i was like even if i just do one of these things every single day consistently you know that's that's boosting my consistency points and the universe sees my consistency points and it matches me with somebody else who has the same number consistency yeah, points. Dang, that's so really it's like me. I knew as soon as I asked the universe for more consistent people, I was like, damn, I gotta be consistent. And even though I was already consistent in the ways that I wanted in other people, yeah. I wasn't consistent in other ways. And that's the how the funny way the universe has of like matching us with people. It's um it could be in any area of life, but you know what it is type thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 
so good that, so that, it's a collaboration really with the universe <laughs> yep yep so this algorithm you know like people talk about manifestation and stuff like that i'm just like yeah i think it's it's like an algorithm yeah it really literally is an algorithm like it's yeah. going to show us more of what we put our attention into our attention and intention you know right. as they go hand in hand and it's just so funny because like almost immediately after like cleaning up my consistency act with the areas that i knew i wasn't being consistent yeah the people started coming <laughs> you know it's I like know. i was telling you how you know i have somebody in my life who calls me every day now <laughs> yeah talk about consistency yeah well i didn't i didn't even know about that intention of yours so consistency right. now that right. now that like checks checks out a little bit more so yeah yeah that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it surprised me at first. Cause it's like, I never had in that type of connection. I never had consistency. So it's like, aha. Yeah. But got yeah. you. Love it. Do you want to cap this off with a wisdom card? You got the wisdom deck right there. Connect us to a nice closing vibe for this podcast. we got Ooh, peacock raise your standards Ooh, i feel like that's what we were just talking about literally we didn't use that word but yeah it's like and and it's funny how we circle back around to raising your standards and i feel like that's a better word than expectations yeah but like having standards for yourself that's funny because i don't think i actually use that word but that is what i was (laughs) like in my head, Reaching I was like, because you said, I was saying that you were saying high expectations and I went on a ramble about it. But what I was saying is that I have like high standards for myself. Like, mm. you know mm. what I mean? Like, I know that if I'm not hitting that, like, but. Wow. Yeah. I love the synchronicities. <clears throat> Raise your standards. The peacock is possibly one of the most exquisitely beautiful creatures of the world's animal kingdom. It is also believed to be the most virtuous and embodies the admired characteristics of integrity and loyalty. Like the peacock, you embody qualities important for friendship and family unity. You are encouraging, selfless, and enrich the lives of everyone you meet. The peacock is also very protective of its young and will provide for and protect them under any circumstance. This card can also be seen as an indicator to better yourself and to raise your standards to be more like the peacock. (laughs) Uh, Mantra, I love and care for everyone I know. Including yourself. Yep. I love that. Beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you, Selena. This is lovely. It was. Yeah, what a we beautiful, finally did organic. an in-person podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smash that like button. Your presence cannot die. Time is witnessing of the mind, the lies it feeds the eye. Sapping speaks in each and every. My lack, your dancing.
Racine as infinity Oh, whispering Of the mystery 